to another podcast episode from the Association of Materials Protection and Performance. My name is Sammy Miles, and I'm the Managing Editor-in-Chief of Corrosion Journal, AMP's peer-reviewed scientific journal. Today's episode of Corrosion Journal interview series will discuss current trends in magnesium research, which is the topic of our February issue. I'm joined by Professors Joey Kish from McMaster University and Geraint Williams from Swansea University, who both served as guest editors for the issue. Thanks for joining me today. Right, a, a bit about me. Uh, I'm also a professor of material science and engineering uh, at Swansea University. Uh, I'm part of the Faculty of Science and Engineering. Um, I'm also currently the head of materials uh, within the faculty. Um, and my research interests are in corrosion science um, with a particular emphasis on mechanisms of corrosion of light alloys, including, of course, magnesium. Um, also, uh, the use of advanced electrochemical scanning techniques in corrosion research and uh, a final interest in new or novel technologies for protective organic coatings. Uh, I've got a uh, research group of about uh, 10 postgraduate students and a couple of postdocs, and I've been active in corrosion science for just about 20 years now. So how did you both get into studying magnesium and its alloys? Oh, I'll start there. So what I, when I arrived at McMaster, they had just established the GM Center for Automotive Materials and Corrosion. And I was brought in to fill the corrosion research position that uh, was tied to the chair. So GM had a real strong interest in, in lightweight alloys, particularly magnesium. So right from the get-go, when I started at McMaster, I had a, uh, a research thrust in the corrosion of magnesium and magnesium alloys. The focus was really on uh, sheet metal product and uh, deriving uh, protective coating schemes for sheet metal, magnesium corrosion. So like I say, right from day one, it's been a, a strong focus on magnesium corrosion and its yeah, control. <laughs> Sorry, Gary, go ahead. The field uh, is slightly different, more by, more by accident than design. Um, I've been uh, a corrosion researcher for uh, probably about six or seven years before magnesium came onto my radar. Um, uh, yeah, we'd been using, or our sort of bread and butter at Swansea is using these advanced scanning electrochemical techniques, like scanning vibrating electrode and scanning Calvin probe uh, in various areas of corrosion research, usually coatings or stainless steels or aluminium alloys. Uh, but it's only when I went to, uh, it wasn't this actually, <laughs> it was uh, an international corrosion congress, I think in China. And uh, I just uh, walked into a lecture theatre at random and there were some talks on magnesium. Uh, and I thought, well, there were some really interesting questions that uh, were needed to be answered uh, about magnesium corrosion. And I thought some of our advanced electrochemical scanning techniques uh, could actually help. So I got back from China. First thing I did was buy a bit of uh, magnesium foil, uh, immerse it in sodium chloride, scan it with a scanning vibrating electrode, and hey presto, that was our first paper. <laughs> so that's how I got into it. And uh, you know, now we're actually funded to do some magnesium uh, alloy corrosion research. But this was uh, probably a hobby back then, about 15 years ago. Oh, that's fantastic. So the different, the different branches to get into studying the alloys. Um, as mentioned, 
As I mentioned in the introduction, our February 2021 issue of Corrosion focuses on magnesium alloys. And this is actually the fourth special issue we've had that explores magnesium alloys and the second one that both of y'all have served as guest editors on. Um, could one of you provide some insight as to why there's been so much attention on the topic, not just from Corrosion Journal, but really at the research community in general? Can I punt that one to you, uh, Joey, as a person <laughs> who actually... Uh, um, uh, okay, I, I yeah. think magnesium, I, I, from, from an engineering materials perspective, it's, it's uh, lightweight, it's really low density, that, that really is an attraction. So with this whole push in sustainable development, uh, lightweighting materials and their applications sees... Um, um, uh, it's a potential pathway to, to address these issues. And so I'm heavily tied to the transportation industry. And so that is one of the, uh, the major thrusts in improving fuel economy is uh, uh, lightweight, making the cars or the vehicles uh, uh, lighter. And, and magnesium alloys are, have been of uh, immense interest to achieve those goals. So you get more bang for your lightweighting dollar with magnesium than you do with aluminum or high strength steel. So um, that's, that's the, uh, um, shall we say the motivation behind it. And with magnesium, it has two real problems that, that are preventing widespread utilization. One is the formability. So how we can take magnesium, particularly the sheet product and make it into formable uh, or form it into components that, that you could uh, implement into vehicle design. So there's, there's a significant effort in research in developing uh, magnesium sheet metal alloys with improved formability, particularly at ambient temperatures. We can form magnesium at high temperatures, but that comes with a cost. So to get the formability uh, achieved at ambient temperatures is one of the, uh, the holy grails, so to speak. The other one then is, is corrosion control because it is very electrochemically reactive. And, and so there's significant challenges there in, in, in protecting magnesium. So um, especially when you're considering multi-material lightweight vehicle architectures where you have to join magnesium to other metallic materials such as aluminum alloy components or, or steel components that uh, there's a significant galvanic corrosion issue that needs to be addressed. So Gare, I'll pass it to you now. I'm sure people are tired <laughs> of hearing my voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some um, interesting uh, uh, questions that uh, still need to be answered about magnesium uh, corrosion. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I've got a sign coming up saying my internet is unstable, so forgive me if I start sounding a bit like a Dalek here. Um, but there, there, you know, there's some unusual um, characteristics about how magnesium corrodes. Uh, for example, uh, the more you force it to corrode, you know, the the, the more you polarize it uh, uh, anodically, uh, the more of the cathodic reaction uh, happens. So that is really difficult to reconcile using standard sort of theories on electrochemistry. So that, that is one of the big questions that uh, still needs to be answered in uh, magnesium corrosion research. Um, yeah, and this, this issue of its uh, tendency to corrode, you know, when you look at its electrochemistry, uh, you know, it's, it's probably the most reactive metal that's used for 
for structural applications. So a standard reduction potential uh, of, for magnesium of nearly minus 2.4 volts. Uh, so any other metal, or most of the metals, are more noble than uh, the magnesium. And uh, consequently, you know, anything that you alloy magnesium with usually makes it corrode faster, apart from a few things. Are there any industries where its ability to corrode faster is actually useful, for example, like the biomedical community? Yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, magnesium is uh, highly bioresorbable, I would guess. So you can, uh, you know, I know um, stents are made from it. Uh, and the, the, the challenge there is to actually make the, the magnesium corrode in a reproducible way where you can actually work out how long it will take to actually be bioresorbable. Um, so there it's probably tuning the, the corrosion rate to give you the right kind of characteristics. So in that case, it's, it's maybe not uh, making uh, the magnesium corrode or making it very corrosion resistant, but tuning it so that you, uh, you get the corrosion rate to be exactly what you want. Yeah, and then there's the the classic application of magnesium, right, as a sacrificial anode in in cathodic protection systems. So it's uh, it's come a long way from being a material that uh, we're sacrificing to protect others to being a, a material of interest for um, things like structural applications or, as Karen just mentioned, these uh, biodegradable stents. So that's kind of the uh, the forefront of uh, of magnesium alloy. Uh, uh, consideration. Yeah. Also, in uh, in energy energy storage, there are now uh, more and more um, sort of applications of either you know um, metallic magnesium in sort of um, seawater type batteries uh, or um, secondary cells, rechargeable ones, using magnesium technology as well. So there's there's a bit more interest in that field as well. What are the are there any other industries? I know we've touched on automotive, biomedical. Um, you're now talking with the energy storage. What is there anybody else that is using magnesium alloys? Well, tied to the automotive industry would be the aerospace industry. Right. So uh, a lot of uh, more use of magnesium alloy castings than than of uh, rot products there. Yeah, that's the one I could think of as well. Uh, you know, I know it's used in helicopter. Um, casings, etc. Um, but apart from that, <laughs> those are the main ones. Yeah. <laughs> well, the electronics industry too, I, I suppose that uh, uh, they make use of strategic use of magnesium, particularly for for light weighting of the uh, the components. As I mentioned, again, we, we have our, fe our February issue focused on um, some of these different areas of magnesium research, would y'all like to highlight a few of the articles or topics um, that we cover in this issue? What's some of the research that people can find on these different areas? Okay, well, let's, let's start off with the first couple of papers. Um, they're both uh, authored from the uh, University of Virginia. Um, uh, one uh, of them we know quite well. <laughs> um, it's to do with uh, the use of germanium. Uh, Alloying 
the magnesium, you know, there are a few ap approaches to try to improve the corrosion resistance of magnesium. Um, one of the ways is to, you know, coat it with something, an inorganic uh, coating or an organic coating to try and um, resist the environment getting to the magnesium surface. Um, but another way is to actually make the magnesium intrinsically corrosion resistant by alloying it with something that can either uh, moderate the cathode reaction or the anode reaction on the magnesium surface. And uh, one of the papers from the University of Virginia authored by uh, Dr. Glover, Carol Glover, is uh, one to do uh, with alloying with germanium, which appears uh, to mitigate the so-called uh, cathodic activation of magnesium that is usually observed in chloride-containing solution. Um, there's another one, again, uh, related to that subject of cathodic activation um, that looks into uh, immersing high-purity magnesium in different environments, including chloride, and um, studying how much of the cathodic activation um, phenomenon is actually observed. And it seems to be something that's uh, prevalent in chloride-containing solutions, but not much observed then in uh, buffered solutions where you don't form a coherent oxide foam. So we've got, those are two of the uh, interesting uh, papers that we kick off with in this special issue. Anything else that's uh, taken your um, interest, uh, Joey? Yeah, well, I, it's, it's, sure, we've had those papers that, that focus on mechanistic aspect, but then, then we also move into um, uh, some more uh, technical issues, such as uh, um, coupling of dissimilar magnesium alloys that, that could find its way into um, a lightweight automotive vehicle design, for instance. And uh, uh, the, the, the paper written by uh, Sebastian Thomas down at Monash University, where he was uh, applying the scanning electrochemical microscope to uh, better understand uh, galvanic interactions between dissimilar uh, magnesium alloys I thought was particularly interesting, maybe because I was a co-author, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> There's a shameless plug there. Um, so that was really interesting, but also a paper by Rajiv Gupta, who was uh, looking at uh, um, ball milling new alloys of, of magnesium and studying their uh, initial, uh, almost as a screening study, I guess a screening study of, of corrosion resistance. So some new insight uh, was provided there. And then even into, um, I'll give a shameless plug again to, to the paper of my graduate student, uh, uh, Basim, who was looking at uh, lithium carbonate coatings as a alternative pretreatment for corrosion control. Um, ZEK100 is uh, a sheet metal product. And there's a couple of papers that are devoted on the uh, study in the uh, corrosion performance of that, but getting back to Basim's paper with the lithium carbonate. So this is where he, um, and taking some some insight and, and innovation from the aluminum alloys where they're using lithium carbonate uh, um, additives into organic coatings for improved corrosion control. And then also piggybacking on the pioneering work that uh, Nick Berbilis has done on uh, alloying lithium to magnesium for improved corrosion resistance. So putting those two together in a form of a coating showed some really initial promising results in terms of an inhibitor study. So, um, and then there's also a, a paper on uh, biomedical applications of magnesium in the body. So I think the, the applications um, are covered uh, with automotive at, uh, right to um, uh, biomedical 
applications as well as mechanistic studies to more uh, technical engineering corrosion control studies. So I think we've uh, we've got a nice cross section of, of papers in there. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, give a shout out to a few papers from my home country. <laughs> so we've got uh, we've got one from uh, the University of Manchester, Michele Curioni. Um, he's come up with a, a, a very uh, ingenious way of uh, both monitoring and uh, controlling pH in an electrochemical cell, uh, which allows you to look at the pH without needing to buffer the solution, for example. Um, so he's got uh, a way of dynamically controlling uh, the pH with different electrodes in different compartments of the cell. And he's able to show some preliminary results on how pH can be changed and how this can uh, affect the electrochemical behavior of magnesium. Uh, there's another one, uh, I'm, yeah, again, plugging. <laughs> I'm co-author on uh, two papers, uh, from my, uh, both from our former students. Uh, so there's a paper from uh, uh, Ron Clark of the National Nuclear Laboratory, uh, where they were interested in looking at the localized corrosion behavior of Magnox. Magnox is uh, a magnesium aluminium alloy that was used in the uh, early nuclear reactors of the UK. Um, and of course, there are legacy materials now that need to be stored, which can, you know, which consist of this Magnox alloy. So they're usually stored, uh, you know, for the radioactivity to, to, to dissipate uh, in these ponds. So they want to know, you know, what kind of tolerance limits of contaminated salt, contaminating salts uh, can these uh, Magnox alloys withstand before they start uh, corroding at uh, too fast a rate. Uh, but also another uh, piece of work that we've done um, uh, my, one of my graduate students again, uh, Christos Kousis, uh, looking again, uh, Joey mentioned ZEK100. Um, so this paper is about using the scanning vibrating electrode technique to give you a bit of insight about uh, the localized corrosion behavior of this particular alloy. Got any more there, Joey? No, no, no. Being the fourth issue though, and we're still focusing on mechanistic aspects, just shows yeah. you how much we don't know about magnesium and its corrosion. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're pushing the boundaries of our knowledge, but uh, we still have a long way to go. So yeah, maybe a plug leave, for a fifth edition of- Yeah, not to leave anybody <laughs> out. Um, we've got a couple of papers from uh, Germany as well. So one from the group of uh, Sanne Wurtenen uh, about um, looking at uh, a unified approach to measuring corrosion rates uh, on uh, WE43 magnesium alloy. Uh, but this is really to, 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 to be able to um, uh, measure properly corrosion rates of, of coated, you know, coatings for these alloys uh, for uh, applications as biomaterials. And we've got uh, one from uh, the guys in MAGIC, uh, the Institute for Magnesium. Um, where they've been looking at uh, designing inhibitors uh, for magnesium um, using density functional theory calculations, but then taking the inhibitors that they've sort of worked out might be good on magnesium and seeing if what they've worked out with DFT uh, comes into practice when you actually uh, dose these inhibitors into a solution, um, a corrosive solution where the magnesium is immersed. Uh, we've also got um, another, uh, try to work out <laughs> which one I, have, I haven't mentioned so far. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there's an atmospheric corrosion paper uh, from um, Mohsen Ismaili from 
now in Sweden. Uh, so he's looking at the effect, especially the effect of carbon dioxide in the environment uh, on the atmospheric erosion of a few industry standard magnesium alloys. And coming up with a theory that uh, CO2 uh, isn't detrimental, it's actually beneficial. So it reduces the corrosion rate of these magnesium alloys. So global warming isn't all bad. That's good to know. <laughs> So it, it sounds like we have, as, as Joey mentioned, there's a lot of um, mechanistic areas y'all are still looking at, y'all in general. Um, really, where is additional research needed? Where, what areas do we still, have we only been scratching the surface of? Um, where, where do you think we're going in the future? Uh, well, one of the things uh, you know I've been involved with um, for the last couple of years is trying to understand how um, paint systems actually work on magnesium alloys, um, because a, a lot of work has been done on characterizing the corrosion of magnesium when you say, say immerse it in some kind of, kind of corrosive environment, or when the bare metal is left in a uh, corrosive atmospheric um, condition. Um, but very little has been done in uh, trying to understand what happens when you paint the magnesium alloy and you know, leave it corrode, leave it uh, you know, out in, uh, in a real situation to weather, for example, what happens. So there's a lack of understanding about how uh, organic coatings actually protect magnesium surfaces and what can be done to those organic coatings to try and improve performance, for example. Yeah, and just to build on that with the with the coating. So coatings is viewed as probably the best bang for the dollar for corrosion control of magnesium, and so that's that's where the focus um, is is going to be placed going forward with corrosion control. And just with my experience in the automotive industry, having um, a coating system that would be compatible not only with magnesium, but also with aluminum and steel in these multi-material designs. So if you can have one universal coating scheme that you can apply to all these metals and not have to deal with magnesium on its own would be huge, huge to the industry and in, 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 uh, increasing the interest in getting more magnesium in, in, into the vehicles. Um, but getting back to the, the materials themselves or the alloys themselves, the at least the sheet metals and and for the most part a lot of the castings as well the the form of the corrosion on magnesium is unique it it propagates um in in, in very conducting electrolytes as this this filament type of corrosion um that uh, propagates laterally across the surface so it doesn't so much go deep into the metal but more so across the surface and then it it it, it can reinitiate after that first corroded surface has been removed and then remove material through the thickness that way. But this is interesting from a coating perspective. So if you have a defect and then these fingers start to, this filament corrosion starts to happen, you can uh, imagine a situation where these coatings can then pop off because the interface is, is compromised. So really getting a handle under what's driving that filament corrosion mechanism is, is to me, in my mind, um, a big research challenge for magnesium alloys. So Garen and I have collaborated on a few alloys study in this, this filament-like corrosion. And we've got some um, 
uh, circumstantial evidence that's suggesting that alloing does play a role in controlling the rate of that propagation. So trying to understand what that role is, you know, how, how aluminum affects it differently than zinc and then from zirconium and so forth. Um, so these are the things that uh, uh, require some attention from a me mechanistic perspective. And then there's always the the uh, cathodic activation and getting uh, consensus on on what the underlying mechanism is for that, and then how do we how how do we control that intrinsically in the alloy? So these are are some research directions that uh, that, uh, that I'm thinking about personally, and and would would engage uh, um, more interest in the scientific community to to resolve these uh, mechanistic issues. So it sounds like there's still a lot of work to be done. Keep y'all busy for a few more years, right? Definitely, yeah. You know, um, magnesium is a corrosion scientist's dream because it corrodes so quickly. So you can do a lot of work <laughs> in a short space of time compared to uh, other metals, which uh, shall we say corrode a lot uh, less rapidly. When I first arrived at McMaster, one of my colleagues said, you're working on magnesium, huh? <laughs> says it's the material of tomorrow and it always will be. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to hopefully try and change that, make it today's material. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make it today's material that lasts for a long time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, we're, we're coming up on time. Do either of y'all have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, other than... Get a hold of this special edition. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to, very good read. <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody that got involved, actually, because uh, it's been a difficult year, shall we say. Uh, we're actually getting uh, all of the, the authors to engage and actually submit. You know, so we've, we've actually got a, bit, a few more um, papers in this special issue than we had in the previous one, I think. So uh, thanks to everyone that, uh, that managed to you know, get, get their act together and actually submit uh, some very uh, readable and uh, informative papers. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. If anybody wanted to follow up with you later, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Email works just great for me. Uh, my email address is kish, K-I-S-H-J-R at McMaster, M-C-M-A-S-T-E-R dot C-A. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, the tried and trusted as well. Email is the best uh, to get a hold of me. Uh, it's geraint.williams at swansea.ac.uk. Fantastic. And for, for those listeners that want to learn more about the corrosion of magnesium alloys and to check out all these great articles that the guys have been talking about, please visit corrosionjournal.org to read our February issue. And with that, I'm Sammy Miles, and thank you for listening to another episode of Corrosion Journal's interview series. You can subscribe to AMP Podcasts if you haven't already on Apple, Google, Spotify, and all the major distributors. If you want to learn more about the journal, make sure to visit corrosionjournal.org. You can also find more information on AMP's website at ampp.org. And we'll be back with another episode of Corrosion Journal's interview series right here at AMP.